as an individual, I always saw the value of being able to apply several different skills. I like the idea of, I think it's you told me that term, is it specialized generalist? Or is generalized it specialist. generalized specialist? That's right. Mm -hmm. So I value in knowing a little bit of that, like a little bit about websites, a little bit about social media, a little bit about research, a little bit about communication, knowledge translation. This allows me to be adaptable to different environments and be able to offer something in every situation that I'm in. And that's one of the things that drew me to health promotion. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. To kick off our upcoming career profile series, we thought the best place to start was with yours truly, Sean and Gordon. I'm especially excited to interview my good friend, Gordon Thane, who is a huge, 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 huge nerd about health promotion. So today, we're going to get a deep dive into the career of a health promoter. Gordon, are you ready? I don't know about a deep dive, but we'll see how far we get. First of all, what is health promotion? That's a loaded question. But mm. so what I'm going to do, the first thing I'm going to do is to read off a definition from, you know, reputable agency, and then I'll break it apart for everyone listening. Sound fair? Mm. Yep. All right. So according to Public Health Ontario, okay, health promotion is the process of implementing a range of social and environmental interventions that enable people and communities to increase control over and to improve their health. There's a lot of ands and ors and if that, if that. But what, mm -hmm. is, what this really comes down to is health promotion or the practice of health promotion is to create the conditions in which people have the ability to choose what their behaviors are and therefore ultimately choose what health looks like for them. So that's what it really comes down to, health promotion. And wow, that sounds like such a huge responsibility and role. What are different areas of health promotion? Yeah, so it, it's helpful when we talk about what health promotion is. It's important to talk about what type of work falls underneath health promotion. So when we talk about health promotion, we're talking about, you know, advocacy. So we know in, let's look at the sugar sweetened beverage industry. So Coca-Cola, Pepsi, et cetera. Health promotion is centrally looking at the ethics of marketing to children as children are not at the age where they're able to make their choices free of influence. And therefore it's not ethical to market to children. And therefore, is it reasonable to ban marketing to kids around sugar snacks and sugar sweetened beverages. So that's one way to look at health promotion. Another way to look at health promotion is harm reduction. So we often see talk about substance use and harm reduction. At least, you know, if, if we're talking about substance use, you know, let the people be aware of the impacts of substance use and what behaviors they can take to reduce their harms from engaging in that behavior, right? So those are some of the things that we're talking about uh, in terms of health promotion. 
one of the things that often gets missed, right, is in health promotion, we talk about, or just in general, when we talk about health or maintaining health, LaShawn knows that he needs to go to the gym every day and eat a certain way and whatever, but that's not health promotion. Health promotion is you influencing change at the broader level, interpersonal, community, nationwide, globally. So that's what the practice of health promotion is, impacting other people outside of your immediate sphere. Mm, impacting people outside your immediate sphere. That just brings me to this exciting thing that happened recently. Gordon, you were actually recently awarded the Lori Chow Memorial Award. So tell us what that's about. And can you also just tell me a bit about what types of things do you do on a day-to-day? Mm. Yeah, and I, f- I had a feeling that you would ask that question and I believe you had something to do with that. But yes, I, I was awarded with the Lori Chow Memorial Award from Health Promotion Ontario. And it is essentially given in honor of Lori Chow, who was very known in the field of health promotion in terms of public health units in Ontario. And of course, I'm honored to receive that award. That award is given to someone in the field of health promotion uh, for excellence at the local, provincial, and national level, uh, just for the practice of health promotion, which entails all those things that I just mentioned. In terms of day-to-day of what I do, there's really no day-to-day. It looks different every day. There's no blueprint for what uh, a health promotion does, health promoter does, excuse me. But I think the best way to conceptualize health promotion is more what you do on a year-to-year. Going from planning cycle to planning cycle, what does that look like? So, of course, you plan an intervention. But before you plan an intervention, you have to know what... what is the health status of your population that you serve? So locally, what is a mandate? Is it chronic diseases, infectious diseases? Looking at the data, so getting support from epidemiology and biostatistics. Looking at the literature to see what's out there to address the health issues that are specific to the local context. Then looking at ways to implement those interventions. What are some of those barriers that might be involved What are those facilitators? Who from the community needs to be involved in that intervention? And what would a successful intervention look like? How would you measure that? And those are some of the questions that you're asking yourself as a health promoter as you plan intervention and go from one to the next. Yeah, that's really interesting. And we're talking about a bunch of different things here now, right? And it seems, I always say public health is a super broad field. And now we're diving into health promotion. And it also sounds like targets and focuses on so many different areas that are important for population health. And you're specifically talking about this idea of needing to plan interventions, doing literature reviews, implementing programs, thinking about barriers facilitators, and really engaging the community aspect. So there's a lot there, but did you know this is what you were getting into when you became a health promoter? How did you even figure that out? How do you know you want to be a health promoter? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I, as an individual, I always saw the value of being able to apply several different skills. I like the idea of, I think it's you told me that term, is it specialized generalist? Or is generalized, it, specialist. generalized specialist, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I value in knowing a little bit of that, like a little bit about websites, a little bit about social media, a little bit about research, a little bit about communication, knowledge translation. This allows me to be adaptable to different environments and be able to offer something in every situation that I'm in. And that's one of the things that drew me to health promotion. 
when I did some research into it, it seems like you'd be, you'd have to be, you know, knowledgeable in so many different areas, which then lends itself well for you to maybe specialize even further in the future after getting to dabble in a bunch of different things. So that's one of the things that drew me to health promotion. And of course, it gets at the root of some of those, what we see in terms of health outcomes. And you're at the forefront of leading those interventions and of advocacy efforts and community engagement. And that's something that was really powerful to me when I made that decision. Man, that sounds fantastic. And it's really nice that you're able to take this approach as a generalized specialist and learn about social media and learn about interventions, how to implement, plan, all those different things and think about risks of different situation, working with community. I think those are very nice skills that really do seem applicable to many other areas in public health, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And again, that's the reason I chose it. I found that when I looked at the landscape, a lot of people who branched off started as health promoters. So Mm, what that told me was it gave you a good foundational knowledge of public health and it gave you a good understanding of public health practice, what it requires, how to work with stakeholders, how to get things done. And at its core, it involves a lot of project management as well. So project management cuts across many different silos, different industries, different types of stakeholders. And that's something that I think people find value when they go into health promotion. And another thing, too, is while we're we talk about public health, we talk about the patient being the community versus in medicine, the patient is the individual patient or the family health promotion also gives you a chance to measure that impact in a regional and local context. And that's something I very, like I valued very much. I didn't want to be too far removed from doing something specifically focused on policy, where it, maybe it's a little bit hard to measure the trickle-down effect for certain policies. Of course, if it's a smoking policy, you're measuring the number of people smoking within whatever distance from a building. It's fair enough to measure. But then how do you keep track of that anyway? And how do you enforce that? Mm. So I found that health promotion gave me an opportunity to not be so far removed from the populations that I serve, but also upstream enough where I felt like I was making a broader impact. I would assume you'd be working with many, many, many different people. And on top of that, you mentioned project management as one of these skills that you always use and go back to. Could you tell me about some of these core competencies that you think are required or necessary to be this effective health promoter, health promoters that are able to win these awesome awards like the Lori Chow Memorial Award? Core competencies for a good health promoter. I mean, the easy answer is to say you need everything, right? So, Mm. you know, that, but that's not helpful in many cases. So I would say looking at what you need on a a day-to-day or a, a project by project, it's important mm-hmm. to have fundamental understanding of research. So we're talking about areas like biostatistics, epidemiology, to be able to understand when a paper is methodologically sound, when you have good evidence versus not so great evidence, how to weigh those appropriately. This is where those skills come in. An understanding of what, of, as well, of you know, you're in, LaShawn, you're in the social sciences and behavioral sciences aspects. So what what are those factors that might influence whether people actually change their behavior or not? So we're looking at the theories of change, all those models in health promotion. We're looking at those aspects as well. We're also looking at how do you 
translate that knowledge. So you did the research and you understand it. That's great. But how do you translate it to the people that the intervention is focused on? Do you have an understanding of how to make something plain language and easily digestible for someone to change their behavior? Right. Mm -hmm. How do you then measure impact? So that's where research and those methodological uh, techniques come into play as well. And communication, you mentioned stakeholders, interpersonal skills, being able to build strong relationships, honest relationships doesn't mean you need to be agreeable with everyone, but it means that you should be able to you know, present your ideas in a clear way and address any concerns that your stakeholders might have if they are addressable. So those are some of the skills that you're going to be using on a day-to-day -day basis. Something as simple as meetings. So you have a lot of meetings. Meeting management. How do you make sure you're not wasting people's time? When do you need a meeting and when do you not need a meeting? Is is it more appropriate to provide an update via quick email than to get people together in a room, room or a virtual room for an hour? Those are some of the things that you're juggling with on a day-to-day -day as a health promoter. And those are very important skills on the job. Wonderful. And you're talking about potential concerns of stakeholders throughout this whole process because, of course... With any sort of intervention or program, you want to make sure that all stakeholders are, you know, aware of what's going on and they're consulted and you're working with them to figure out what's best for their given communities. So with that in mind, that's no easy feat for anyone, right? So what are some of these challenges you find with in these types of health promoter roles? So one of the challenges with health promotion is you're not only working with people who are health promoters. So what does this mean? This means that you're working with people who have who work in different organizations, who have a different mandate that may or may not intersect with health promotion, and you have to get them to sacrifice their time to support your initiative. So it's easier to collaborate internally when it's in the same organization there's a strategic objective to get something done. But what if you're working with an organization where it's not explicitly their strategic objective and they can't allocate the same number of resources and time that you put to that initiative? How do you go about that? It requires swift project management skills. It requires being very efficient, very clear and precise in the way you collaborate with people. And it requires understanding the scope. It requires understanding of how each stakeholder can contribute to your work. So those are some of the things on a day-to-day -day that's very, very challenging to move things along because if you want to work collaboratively and have a collective impact, you have to understand the various ways your community partners can help you and some of the associated limitations and how to get around that. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing that. And you've honestly convinced me that I want to be a health promoter and if, weren't you? Didn't you in Thailand? You did some health promotion work. I did do health yeah. promotion work, but I didn't stay in the field. Yeah. Though. Eh, so. Once a health promoter, always a health promoter. That's true. There are a lot of skills that I brought through. There we go. So now let's say we've inspired a lot of people so far with the conversation you've been having as a health promoter. People want to search for different job opportunities. What kind of search terms are they using or what are some of these alternative job titles other than health promoter that you can search for? So the first thing I want to say, just to caveat this, is a lot of jobs that might not appear to be health promotion 
or focusing on health promotion are in fact health promotion. But I'll give you more of the obvious ones that if you want to do highly focused health promotion work, these are some of the titles that you should be looking at. So my title was health promotion specialist and many organizations refer to it as such. I've seen health promoter being a job title for someone who works in the field of health promotion. I've also seen health planner as something that's being very popular. I've seen health educator. I've seen program planner. I've seen knowledge translation specialists. I have also seen research analysts at times being referred to as someone who's involved in health promotion work. So those are some of the the quick titles that you can search for. And then those titles, when you do search for them in whatever job search engine or Google, will bring you down a whole rabbit hole of finding even more titles. So that's a great place to start with the ones I just gave. It's really interesting. You listed off a couple of these potential job titles that intersect with these core competencies and responsibilities as a health promoter. And I wouldn't have thought like a position like that was titled research analyst would have much to do with being a health promoter. But I think it just goes to show when you're looking at these job descriptions, don't just write off a title based on what you see there. So go through, take some time with those roles, responsibilities and the job description. Mm -hmm. And in fact, depending on the organizational structure and the, the way the teams are built, right? Some organizations, the health promoter does everything. So they do Mm. statistical analysis. They do from identifying the issue and analyzing the data all the way to implementing and evaluating the intervention. Some departments are structured to have epidemiology and evaluation, and they do that side of the things. And maybe you're focused less on the research and more on the implementation. So The title in itself doesn't give it too much away in what you'd be doing. You have to go and look at what the role is and what those responsibilities are to see, are you more of a research-based health promoter? Are you going to be more of an implementation health promoter? Are you expected to do all of the above? So just a pro tip right there. Nice, nice. We all love those pro tips. So another thing we want to hear about is what kind of organizations can you expect to hire these different types of health promoter positions? Yeah, so I'll speak mostly to the Canadian context as I'm more familiar and maybe more specifically Ontario. I'll start with Ontario. So Ontario, currently we have public health units. Public health units by mandate must have a division focused on health promotion and therefore will have positions for health promoters, whatever that looks like for them. So that's the main thing right there. Some health units are integrated within the various cities or municipalities, and some of them exist as a separate entity, but that's that's not really relevant. All you need to know is health units guaranteed to be a great start. Other ones that you could look at is there are things called community health centers. They tend to hire health promoters as part of their whole, as part of their work as well. Some family health teams might also look for health promoters, depending on the various types of initiatives. If we're talking about diabetes education and things like that, some family health teams might look for those positions. And we're talking about social service as well, community and social services. Some of those uh, sectors might look for health promoters as well. So those are some good places to start for health promoters. Okay, let's talk about dough, pizza dough. Mm. What are, what are some of the salary expectations as a health promoter? Uh-oh. People want to talk about the money. Mm-hmm. It's all about the money. 
Okay, so yeah, so in terms of health promoters, I will say, first of all, even before I get to salary expectations, and this has something to do with salary expectations, is what are those educational requirements? So some health promotion positions won't require you to have a master's, and most of the times those are lower paying. So on the low end where there's maybe not so much of a rigorous educational requirement, obviously still requiring sufficient experience to be someone who is effective in the space is around a $30 mark I've seen for starting a health promotion position. In terms of the higher end I've seen, of course, you're talking about certain factors that influence what you make, like what organization you're working for, what city that is in, what's the budget that city gets allocated for uh, public health and the type of role that you'd be doing, how long you've been serving in that role. I've seen it go as high as uh, mid 50s. So from third starting at $30 to maybe about 55, depending on where you work. So it's a broad range. Canadian, right? Yeah, Canadian dollars. That's right. Okay. Yeah, no, I think it's a good reference point for many people who are thinking about potential careers in as being a health promoter. So thank you. But now I want to kind of change tune a bit and I want to enter into our rapid fire series that we call Insight Blitz. Insight Blitz. And as you already know, Gordon, being a host on this podcast, I'm going to ask you some questions or read some statements and you're going to provide a brief response. So let's begin. Okay. So what is your favorite way to stay up to date with public health news? Can Bruh, I say social you, media? You, you got to be quicker. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Social media. Nah, there's no thinking here. Social media. Social media. Mm. What kind of social media? You know, just, uh, and even things you send me. You're, you're, you're one of my favorite ways to get public health information. You would forward me a link, and then I Dang. look at it, and I make sure I check it to make sure it's evidence-based. Mm, right okay and even social good. media too they like sometimes they'll punk you and yeah i look into it before i share it right shout, mm. shout out to sajad you know mm. don't forward as received look into it Done. first before you tell people about it that's a good message what is the best way to look for job opportunities in health promotion the best way to look for job opportunities in health promotion are to identify those organizations that hire health promoters and constantly monitor their job boards and any job updates. Sometimes you could subscribe to some job alerts on their career portals as well. That's the best way to do it. What is your favorite part of being a health promoter? My favorite part of being a health promoter is that most times day to day or week to week, it looks different. So you don't really truly get bored. Other than me, who has influenced you the most? Hmm. So I can't pick you, eh? Mm-hmm. Does it have to be a positive or a negative influence? It's up to I'll you, I'll pick man. positive. I'll pick positive. Okay. So one of the reasons I even went into health promotion in the first place is a conversation I had with someone, a senior level director at a health unit, who told me why health promotion was uh, so important but yet he couldn't understand why those jobs tended to be more widely available. So that conversation I had with him inspired me to look into it more, and and I realized that was a field for me. People are probably really curious as to who that is, but we'll skip that Mm. for now. 
One skill or trait important that you should consider and is a must-have for public health professionals in the health promotion space. Excellent verbal and written communication skills. Master communicator Gordon. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. That ends our Insight Blitz segment. So I want to really ask you, we had this conversation, you talked about what a health promoter does, some of the core competencies, your day-to-day, what you like about it, what are some of the challenges. I want to know, from these, the last two years of being a health promoter, what are what is the most important lesson you've learned in that role? Mm, that's a tough one. So one of the most important lessons I learned is health promotion work is more of a marathon than a sprint. Mm. And what I mean by this is sometimes as someone new to the field, you might plan out a really good intervention that you're really excited about. You think it's going to change your whole community and the whole world. And then you do it and maybe it falls short of your expectations. And you might wonder, is it something that you did or didn't do? But then you realize that the population is more complex than just an intervention that you run for one or two months and that it has to be a sustained effort throughout the whole life course to be able to see the change that you want. So more of a marathon, less of a sprint. Wonderful. And to wrap this off, what are your take-home messages for our audience, in particular students and recent graduates who aspire to work in the health promotion space? So one of the things that stuck out to me and it still sticks out to me is I have never met a health promoter that I haven't got along with. So the people working in health promotion are very passionate about the work that they do. They're very committed to the work that they do. And I find that they're very collaborative. Once you say the word collaborate in health promotion, people, oh my, what can we do? And people are very willing to collaborate. So one thing I learned is it's a very fulfilling career to be in, whether you're a health promoter or if you're working in the peripheries of health promotion, you meet a lot of great people who are committed their entire life to solving some of the most difficult challenges. And being in that space is very rewarding. So I highly encourage you to maybe make health promotion the start of your career and then learn about the specific areas you're interested in and branch off or maybe you stay in health promotion forever but it's a great place to hone your craft as a public health practitioner and i wouldn't change anything about how i started thanks for sharing all these insights gordon it was a pleasure to have you on and hopefully just hopefully we can have you back on our podcast i'll think about it all right this was Lashawn and gordon checking out peace peace Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.